When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome into Purple Access, presented not only by Surly Brewing Company, but our friends at TCL Television. Enjoy more, especially when it comes to sports with TCL. Uh, Purple Access is Zolgad, executive producer Declan Goff, and of course my buddy, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, who is here to hear me try and grumble through this with my Patrick Royce, by the way, voice. I'm writing Patrick's book again here. Yeah. So, in, 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 in 45, Richard Royce. Um, all right. Turn in the press box. Have you been screaming at the teams from the press box? I oh, think I, you know what? It's screaming no TV screaming in the press box. It's no coincidence that I I completely lost my voice Monday night while at the Spurs Wolves game. <laughs> Boo! What the hell are you guys doing? And the Wild's been driving me crazy at least, and so anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right, Vikings are five and one. They return from the bye with eleven games left Sunday against the Cardinals at US Bank Stadium. What is your current state of the Vikings and confidence that this team can continue? Um, I would say it's record success because some of the play has been very mixed, but what is your confidence in this team right now? I think high uh, for the simple fact is I don't, I don't think they're anywhere close to where they can be. I I think, um, I think it's great that they're winning and they're finding ways to win, but um, I do think that they will, uh, I think they'll start to play better. I think the offense will find more rhythm. I was looking at today, the other day. Is, uh, I think Cousins is on pace for his worst statistical year as a starting quarterback in, like, every category, basically. Um, I'm not saying he's going to jump up and have his best in the second half of the season, but I, I will be surprised if he doesn't start to play uh, better and, and more like we're used to statistically seeing him play. Um, and so I think this room, I think this team has a, a ton of room for growth. And I, I just look at the teams they're playing, Judd, and the quarterbacks. Yes. I mean, it, it, we've yes. talked about it before. This is one of those years where it's lining up where the quarterbacks and the teams, you're catching them at the right time. And the quarterbacks are falling. The opposing quarterbacks yeah, are falling. It. It's incredible. Sam Ellinger's now going to start for the Colts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> I mean, you look around them, it's like there's so much like, crisis and disaster in the NFL on these teams and the, and the Vikings are like, yeah, we're not playing that great, but we're five and one. Yeah. Um, but they do, you know, they're, they're, they obviously have to 
cleaned up stuff. And every time you hear O'Connell talk, it's about, you know, what are their tendencies? Why are they, you know, kind of not firing in all cylinders? How are teams? Don't you get the sense when you hear him talk that teams are defending them differently than what he thought they might? Yes, a little bit for sure. Well, okay, that brings up a really intriguing point too, because I think it's twofold. Um, and and I want to talk about uh, the trade deadline, which is approaching on Tuesday. Yeah. Here's here's one thing I think that is a problem that he didn't foresee, and we we've talked about this quite a bit on Purple Daily as well. And it's this: I think what he didn't expect was I think he didn't realize how much Thielen has slowed down. So it's not that he's a bad player, but he's slower. Yeah. Um, and and one thing that we've been talking about is and they certainly have been making calls on other vertical threats at receiver. Cause I think part of the issue with Jefferson is he's the only guy that you have to really worry about going downfield. Yeah. And, and it's not that Thielen's not good, but I, I think there was a perception he was getting, going to give them more in the vertical passing game. And yeah. they've learned that's not going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, you need that speed burner. That's going to give you that, you know, threat to take it up you know, over the top. And, and I just think Thielen's probably skill set has changed yep. to where it's uh, still good, but it's just a different, you know, not that he was ever like a speed burner. Anyways, I mean, his, his route running is what got him open a lot, but, um, but Judd, how much wiggle room do they have with their, with their cap situation? I mean, I know if you're, you're trading, it, it, it's easier to do it that way. Um, but um, you, I, do you think they're going to make do something significant to or be able to do something significant in terms of the trade? And and what would you when you start looking at okay who who's there that you might want to get rid of? I mean, what's what's your assets? Madison, Alexander Madison as a as a no, I think it'd back? be draft picks. I I, I think they I think they, they they would trade draft picks and then restructure Kendricks, O'Neill, yeah. like that's what you could do. But if you're if you're looking at a competitive rebuild, are you wanting to start giving away draft picks? But here's the problem. Yeah, but here's the problem. It's a competitive oh, re- rebuild that's got you to five and one, and the rest of the well, conference the isn't the, that good the, aside from Philadelphia. And that's the thing. The conversation's changed. Um, it's kind of like with the Twins at the trade deadline. Well, we weren't really expecting to contend. Well, you are. You, Correct. Here, here you are. You know. So do you. You know, I. I it, it's a tough thing because I know these guys are going to want to retool this roster after this season. Yes. And if you start giving away draft picks to try to do something this year, I'm always up to, I'm always in the camp of go for it. <laughs> Forget about the future, go for it right now. Um, I don't I don't know where Quasi and, and this regime feels about stuff like that. If they were five and one and and had played bad teams, which which they have played some bad bad teams, yeah, but yeah. but let's say Eagles are good and good, yeah. they are. Let's say just. Just for the sake of this example, the Saints were really good in San Francisco. I might be like, okay, you know, yeah. we're off to a good start, but but the reality is this. Like, a competitive rebuild has been turned on its head because you did, want, you did want to be competitive, and now you're very competitive, in my opinion, with every team but one. And if you can just get to that team, you know, it's football. There's a chance that you can upset that team. So this is really interesting to me. Yeah, especially when you look at the NFC, it's like yeah, Philadelphia stands out above everybody. Obviously, and then they just made a big trade. Yep, uh, to get Robert Quinn and 
that's and bolster trade. that defense. It's a great trade for them. I mean, they're they're going all in, and that's a good team, man. I mean, they're. It's funny. The more you watch them, that you know, early on we're like, "Hey, was it just the Vikings played bad, or are they good?" And I wasn't sure. No, they're they're legit. They're good. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you could definitely add another playmaker to that offense, and I think that would help. But I think more than anything, it's just, um, you know, finding a rhythm and consistency that is just not. And it, at times it's there, so it's not like we're not seeing any like. It's it's weird, Joe, because there'll be drives where it's like boom, 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 boom. They just go right down the field and they score. And like, okay, this makes sense. They'll come yep. out with scripted plays, whatever. Yep. It's the lulls that that are like a quarter or two quarters where you're like, God, this offense isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. That's what I think you have to figure out because I think we're seeing it, but it's just not consistent. That Dolphins game was so intriguing, and, and yeah. offensively it was bad. But, I mean, what, like 10 three and outs? Three and outs, Judd. You're, you're That's remarkable. You 10 three and outs. You have I to mean, work was special, How many times has the punter the special teams player of the week? is normally a kick returner, right? We would have torched Zimmer for this. We would have <laughs> absolutely torched him. Your offense yeah. sucks, buddy. What are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, I you're know. right. It's been really weird. And I think that the hope of progression – is still there very much so but yeah you're right like it's a weird year wouldn't it be fun to like this is where you need the uh the uh behind the scenes like the the cardinals have during the season where where you can hear i mean they're not going to give you everything but i would love to hear um o'connell and cousins just sitting down and and talking through like what's working and what's not working and why is it just a lack of consistency because i I think it's a bunch of different reasons, but it'd be fascinating to hear those two kind of hash it out and, and talk about why they think it's not where they want it to be yet. Yeah, it's weird, too, because I can't decide to a certain point how, how much of this just falls on O'Connell himself. Because, I mean, he's new at this and he's got ideas, but, I mean, clearly he's not anywhere near unveiling like what, what he foresees. And so I'd like to know how, how much of this just, in some ways, Chip, comes back on him. Not, yeah. not in, not in a, not to rip him, but you know, he, this is a whole new. He didn't even call plays. He didn't call plays, and he didn't call plays. So, but how much is that, and how much is it is? I mean, how much leeway do you give them that this is a new offense and it's brand new, and they're yep. still trying to figure it? I mean, what is the? How long do they get to use that <laughs> that excuse, if that's what you want to call it, or explanation? Eight games. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I mean, it's not like it's a stop sign. <laughs> I mean, they're winning, so it's weird because if they weren't, we would be much more upset and impatient. Oh, gosh. Yeah, if it was, if they were, you know, two and four, we would, um, the temperature would be a lot hotter in town right now. And I think we're all on the same page here, which is a lot of the optimism has to do with how bad the rest of the conference is. I mean, the well, Packers seem to be a mess. That yeah. always helps. Well, there, there's the drama over there. And that's the thing is like you talk to the players and there's no drama here. They're all happy. They, but they all say we can be better, but it's like when you're winning and you see how dysfunctional a lot of the, the rest of the league is, I don't think you never gripe about that. It's just, you know, that at some point um, they're going to have to play better to win these games. Absolutely. Against better teams. Here's a question for you. So in 2006, in Childress's first year, they got off to up until this point a really good start. Four and two again, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I think four and two. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but they were they were positioned really well. Halloween night at the Metrodome, the Patriots come in, and and this was against a Tomlin defense that was playing great, lights out, and you couldn't run against them. And Belichick said, "Okay, screw it, we're not going to run. We're going to basically have Tom Brady dink and dunk them to death," and it worked perfect. Um, do you think that we are as fans, we we wouldn't necessarily see this? Do you think that there is an antidote to undo the 2022 Vikings? To like, unlock is there, it to... To, to unlock it, to beat it. So, so what I'm saying is that game against the Patriots started a, a snowball of what oh, undid that, that team because that something got figured out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, because I, 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 I... You know, one, I, th- I think you have enough playmakers on this team, whether it's, you know, Jefferson or Dalvin, because I feel like he's starting to get on track, um, that I think this offense is still going to be good enough to um, win games. Yep. The defense, that's the one side where I, I even have, you know, uh, more ambivalence or whatever the word is for the defense. Cause I feel like there's so many times I feel like they're just hanging by a thread. <laughs> yes. But, um, but then they make plays, Judd. I mean, it's just like they, they make the one or two pivotal plays where it's a turnover or, uh, or whatever, or, or a sack that kind of changes the game. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's one thing that's going to make this team unravel and start losing these games. Um, I think they get, veterans um that probably would I, I just feel like there's a better plan with these guys but it's it's you know the defense is the one i i still i want to see it over the long haul absolutely and the offense's play against the dolphins to me was concerning the defense actually was good and and it felt like they made some adjustments, and, and I know that the Dolphins' line was down, I think, both tackles. but They were terrible, yeah. But it did feel like they purposely applied more pressure than they, they had previously, and I would hope that that would continue to be the case. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely brought more pressure, and you saw um, Smith really, Zadarius really showed up and what impacted that game. He just overwhelmed that backup uh, yep. tackle. But it was interesting. Was it yesterday that O'Connell said he wants to see Pat Peterson be more physical and press at the line? What what do we make of that? I have an update on that. I, I, I got a text. So Ed Donatel talked today okay. uh, out at TCO. And Seifert, who was asking the Peterson threat of questions, um, and yes, yes. So O'Connell basically, it was almost as if O'Connell had talked to Peterson and Peterson's like, I'd like to press coverage more. Um, yeah. according to Seifert, when Ed Donatel was asked about this today, he was very short with his answer. Really? I don't know that. I mean, this is an interesting one because this is what happens to head coaches. I don't know that the way the defense is playing is how O'Connell for saw it. But Ed's a crusty old coordinator, so this is how he plays. It's interesting. Um, I wonder if I'd like what you're doing there. But I w- yeah, I, w- I wonder a little, little bit of a little fire going on at TCO, baby. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if uh, I wonder if this was the head coach floating that out there saying this is what I want without 
Maybe yeah. he talked about Donatello and didn't get the answer he wanted, so he floated that out there publicly. To, or Peterson it, it was, talked to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and that's the thing, because it, it just feels like too much time they just sit back and, you know, and I know Donatello bristled at the shell concept after the, was it week one or week two, and Aikman kind of torched him for it. Hey, Donatello. <laughs> That was my favorite line someone came up with, Ed Donichel. It's not mine. That's great. Um, but, it, yeah, it just feels like, uh, you know, there's too much of that. And But I did like, you know, he saw an opening against Miami, vulnerable offense line. Teddy was, you know, not mobile. He was reacting slow, so you put pressure on him. Let's see what happens Sunday with, with uh, Kyler Murray because we've seen what happens when they've we've faced mobile quarterbacks when they face mobile. Uh, mobile quarterbacks before, and you know you have to. Your secondary has to cover for twenty five seconds while he runs around in the backfield and dodging pass yep. rushers. You're right. So it, it'll be a big test for him. How confident are you? The Packers are pretty much dead. Yeah, that, you know. There's still that little sliver of me that always says, "Okay, it's Aaron Rodgers," and the relaxed thing still in your mind. But man, they look just it looks like they're ready to be done. <laughs> it does. I mean, it, it just looks, um, looks like a dysfunctional family arguing at uh, Thanksgiving and everybody wants to go their separate ways. Yes. I, I, you know, can they get themselves back? I guess they can. There's still enough time, but man, they look, what are they two and a half back now? The Vikings and, and three just, and a half because of the tiebreaker in, in the tiebreaker. Um, it just looks like something was fundamentally flawed or wrong going on there right now. It feels like Aaron, uh, who, by the way, I'm not defending one bit, but it feels like he's reached his breaking point with this whole thing. Yeah. And I think that's where, I don't know that you can recover from that one. Well, when, yeah, I mean, he's saying, you know, some guy should be playing. I mean, it's what? just, you know, it's, if the losing continues, I'm guessing he's going to be more and more vocal about, um, you know, blasting the personnel that they put around him and so um and he's blasting Lafleur then really and the GM yeah. it feels like the end doesn't it uh yes. of his time there and it, it could be a but we've also seen him pull together and, and get on a run so I can I I don't there's part of me that thinks that they don't have the personnel to do that right but I agree with you and but Aaron Rodgers is yeah and he's also playing like a guy who's lost his patience like he's yeah. making some dumb throws for him. Yeah. He doesn't make those. Yeah. And it's almost like he's like, well, screw it then. Yeah, it, he, you know, he is a petulant child at times, and it feels like that side of him is really coming out. And, and I just, this for the first time in a long time feels like, okay, I don't know that they're, this is recoverable. Well, that, yeah, that they're not going to pull it back together. I mean, we've seen different things throughout his time there, but little mini brush fires and whatnot. Yeah. But this – this feels like just um, unsalvageable at this point. And we'll see if they prove us wrong. So Chipper, one, one thing that's great about the schedule is when it's released, we always, it's great. You go through it, you predict wins and losses, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But the great thing about this league, I think it's great just because it's fun. The great thing about this yeah. league is, is it, it is incredibly turbulent. So like things change mightily. Vikings have 11 games left. I'm going to run through, through the games Stop me at the games that you are now most excited about, which I would guess would be different than than what excited you probably in April, okay? Yeah, yeah. Cardinals on Sunday. 
Commanders, Bills at that Buffalo. one. That one. That one's going to be. What do you think, think of that one? Uh, <laughs> I think the Bills are really good. Yeah, I think they're the best team in the NFL. So, um, but you know, I, I just, I mean, I don't think anybody'd pick a win going up there. What do you want to see there then, though? Like, 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 let let's just say we all agree a win is a long shot. What do yeah. you want to see from this team? Where even if they lose, you'll they will leave with you saying, "Okay, it's a loss to a really good team." But I would sit here. I mean, I don't think I could sit here and say I want to see their defense slow them down because I just don't know that that's that. Uh, I want to see if they can hang with them in a sh- in a shootout. If the offense, if Kirk can have one of those games where it's like, "All right, Jefferson is going to get 180 yards receiving, and Dalvin's going to," you know, just do they hang with them and make it competitive and if they can match score to score with them. Because, I, I mean, I just think I think Buffalo yeah. has so much firepower. Oh, they do. They do. All right. Um, the next week, 325 game here against the Cowboys. The next game is a Thursday short week game, Thanksgiving night against the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, then we start December, a game here against the Jets, a game at Detroit, Indianapolis here, the Giants here. That one, that one. I mean, two rookie head coaches who are probably um, Giants are five and one, right? Or yes, four, are, four and two, they, five and one. Uh, I think that's correct. I think, I think they're five correct. and one as well. Um, but but anyway, two rookie coaches that um, you know probably are doing a lot better than what people would have said preseason record. Six and one, six, six and one. one. I know they only lost one. Um, no buy yet. That one, that one to me intrigues me just to because I, I haven't seen a lot of the Giants, so I, I you know I can't sit here and say you know how they're winning or or why they're winning. Um, but I think that guy, I mean, I, you know, obviously come from Buffalo and what he did there with their offense, and I, I think he was highly respected. So that game right there to me it is really exciting and intriguing. All of a sudden. I dismissed that when when the what? schedule came out. I no yeah, yeah. when it came out. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, Christmas Eve against the Giants. That what what yeah. a dud. <laughs> what a complete dud. And I'm with you now completely. I am like really excited to see those teams play. And, and just to be clear here, Kirk Cousins is better than Daniel Jones. Okay, yeah. but it does feel like both coaches are raising the QBs up to not statistical success, but winning success. Well, that's yeah, and we talked about this last week, and and um, you asked me the grade we'd give for for cousins. Like, well, we've always given him a bad grade for record, so let's give him a good grade for for now. If he can start to add the the statistical component, um, which I think I still think it, it will happen. I, I mean, I think it's it, I think it's there, and I think it's coming. I just don't know, you know. Win, but I think it'll be there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the passing yards are as much because a lot of them were picked up in like hopeless games. Well, that that's okay. So I think the passing yards won't. They they probably won't catch up, and I don't care. Yeah, but it's more the the you know the percentage. Yep. Um, and I you know he's I think he has five interceptions already. John, I'm not going to sit here and knock him for interceptions because some of them have been aggressive ones. And if we're going to pick on him for not being aggressive, we said all along and say, like, "Hey, you may throw an interception, deal with it, move on." So yep. now you don't want him throwing, you know, twenty. But 
if he throws an occasional one, like uh, what was the game the other day where he didn't take the check down and he threw it, tried Bears. to go to Thielen and the guy, and the, and the guy sat on Bad it. pass. You know what? More okay. <laughs> okay, it happened. Yep. Um, now, it's, it's easier to say that when you win the game, but, um, but I, I don't mind the aggressiveness there. Yeah, in, in fact, the pick he threw against the Bears is exactly the type of pick that we all urged him to throw. Yeah, because right? it like, was... It might be back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Kirk. So, okay. The last two games, both on the road, uh, New Year's Day at Green Bay and then at yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I mean, anytime at Green Bay, that's always, that, that was New Year's Day. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, 325 CBS, New Year's Day. And, you know, Chicago, we've seen some weird things there. And I watched them the other night against, Patriots, and I don't know if that was more an indictment of the Patriots and where they're at or, you know, fields and the way the offense kind of played. I, I think it's more an indictment of the Patriots. But you also have to give the, you know, fields and the offense credit. I mean, they scored. <laughs> I mean, they took advantage of it. Ryan Poles is so pissed off right now. Oh, but you need Why to are we, we, you know what? I'm going to trade Robert Quinn. You think you're going to win? I'm going to trade every week. I'm going to trade a key player. Let's say that happened here, and you were definitely rebuilding, but all of a sudden you have a big win, right? You know, you you start to show signs of, hey, okay, I see where this is going, and then you trade, you know, their second one, first or second best defensive player. How do you think that would be received here? Would people be like, I understand this, I know where they're going, or it would it be like, nice timing there, GM? <laughs> um, I would defend it. The majority of folks would get mad. <laughs> you are you're always in rebuilding world, man. <laughs> this might interest only me. But I would, I would pay big money. I want to see Ryan Poles because you know all of these candidates come with a, a binder, right? Of what of yeah. the, their idea for your franchise. I want to see what Ryan Poles Vikings binder looked like. Oh well, think about him. Like you knew that trade was in the works, right? He didn't just wake up Monday and say, "I'm going to trade uh, my best pass rusher." So as he's watching that game and seeing his team playing well and. You know, they have that big win. Do you think he's just, like, sweating? He's like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be PR backlash when I pull and he this. wants the loss. Yeah. He wants the loss. Make no mistake about it. He wanted that <laughs> defeat. The two most frustrated. You have a big win. <laughs> the two most frustrated executives in pro sports right now, I guarantee it, are Ryan Poles and Danny Ainge in Utah with the Jazz. Because the Jazz keep winning. And he's like, I don't want you to win. Well, it reminds me, you remember the picture when, uh, the Gophers were going to fire Tracy Clay as they go out to that bowl game. They thought they were just going to get blown off the field by Washington State. And, yep. and then they win it. They have this great performance. They have the picture of uh, Mark Coral and the, and the university president <laughs> just like downtrodden. Cause I yes. knew Her dog had just was, got shot. This was not uh, not the outcome they thought they were going to have to, you know, that they were going to have. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if Quasey's able to do anything here at the trade deadline. Um, you know, it's it's going to be fascinating to see. It'll, it'll be telling how he views this season and versus future assets, and and that you know, yeah. If he wants to keep draft picks and try to help this team, I'm also curious about this. I mean, there's no question that part of of the whole competitive rebuild, or a big part of it, came from the Wilfs, right? Yeah. So well, I, I'm curious on two things. I'm curious to see how much they come now and say, hey, it's working, let's get some help. The other thing is, you know, Quazy is the guy who I think it was in June told USA Today, I don't want to go full Rams. 
but his head coach is 5-1 and one now and just got done watching what going full Rams does. So, like, there could be a real interesting uh, meeting or that could, could have taken place between very different factions on how to approach this. Well, wasn't the reports when they first got here early on that they were listening to offers for, for Daniil Hunter and yes. maybe some other guys? And so it wasn't like the thought never crossed their mind that, hey, let's, let's do like what Chicago did. But then, I mean, you had the ownership from day one saying, nope, this roster is good. We're going to move forward. And you know the Wilfs are ecstatic by where they're at, and they look around here. And and so um, it wouldn't surprise me if they said, hey, let's, you know, let's mortgage a little of the future if we need to, you know, not go crazy. But if if there's a hole that you feel like we need to to fill, you have our blessing. What's your best guess? Trade, trade, trades, or nothing? I'm going to say nothing. I will say nothing. Um, I, because part of me thinks that they will look at this and say, "We're five and one, and we haven't come close to maximizing this roster, maximizing how good we can be." That there's still a lot more they could play a lot better, and so I, I think my hunch is, uh, you know, as soon as I say this, they'll make a big trade after we get off here. But uh, my hunch is they will they'll try to improve internally because they I feel like they, there's that potential. What if they don't make a trade? And then they go sign OBJ. Yeah, and yeah. Impossible. I mean, do they, do they have the money to do it? Uh, again, I you you could rework enough contracts you, 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 you to fit him guys, in because yeah. it, sure. it would be it, it would be for 2022 prorated for the last you know sure. nine games seven, or something yeah, like nine, that. Yeah, yeah, seven games exactly right. But it's, you know what? He knows he knows him and he likes him and he exactly and uh, and if you feel like he could help you and fit in. Why not? So supposedly the four teams that are that are in the running for Beckham are the Vikings, the Chiefs, the Bills, and who was the fourth team? It wasn't the Packers. Now that he he did he didn't have them. Oh, Rams. Um, what's interesting is is the Chiefs today obtained Kadarius Tony for a third round pick, conditional I think, from the yeah. Giants. So if they've saw so if they now consider him their guy. That takes us down to three teams. Yeah. And it also op- opens up the potential trade market with the Chiefs out of it. So it's interesting. It would be interesting, you know, I mean, boy, the Bills would be attractive with that office, that quarterback. and um, But, I mean, his familiarity with O'Connell, I mean, is that, you know, that's got to count for something. Yeah, I would agree with that. And here's the other thing. So the Bills are attractive. Um, it looks like a great team. I mean, that's all great. But if I'm a – if I'm a – Millennial. Yeah. Right? <laughs> do I want to play my games in Buffalo outdoors in December, or do I want the nice comfort of U.S. Bank Stadium? Well, the, or a yeah, warm, the, you know, the Rams, for instance. Yeah, I mean, the, the the climate would factor into that, but also, I mean, that's not, to be honest, where he's at, he's probably looking, okay, which gives me the best chance to win a championship. Right? Yeah, probably. I assume that, that's a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's he's weighing all that, but um, – Shoot, if I was the Vikings, I would make it. I would try to make it work and see if he could, you know, give you that another thread on the outside. Absolutely. All right, Chip Scoggins, we will talk to you uh, next week, and I'll see you on Sunday. All right, boss. See you.